0: And I'll tell you something, the pitch process is a learning process, right? You learn a lot. And as long as you are able to, to listen to the feedback that comes to you, not all feedback, I would tell you, is objective, right? But as long as you're able to identify the very the objective feedback, you take it on, uh, you absorb it to the best of your ability, and you take it into consideration as to how you redesign your product and your offering, um, ultimately, you should get that goal.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, the podcast for African entrepreneurs. I am Gérald Ami, serial entrepreneur and your host for today's episode. Today, I have the immense pleasure to welcome Sanmi Akin Musire, the co-founder of ImaliPay. ImaliPay is an African fintech startup that is disrupting the gig economy landscape across the continent. Imalite recently raised a pre-seed funding round from a consortium of uh, venture capital. The pre-seed funding was led by the Australia-based uh, VC 1013. Sanmi will give us deeper insight into this uh, and how all of this came together. But before that, Sanmi, welcome.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, Gerald. I'm excited. How are you doing? i'm doing great i'm uh, doing very well uh, thank you for having me on this podcast i um, always happy to share our experience with our brothers and sisters on the continent
1: amazing amazing would you share with us the reasons behind creating imali pay
0: absolutely um, so gerald myself as as you must be aware um imali pay was co-founded by myself and uh my friend tatenda furusa uh, we both met at uh, Cellulant while we were working there. I was working out of the Lagos office, and he was working out of the Kenya office. And fortunately for us, we were both working with the co-founders and CEOs of the company. And uh, for us, it was uh, a front row seat to, uh, to the intrigues of the fintech um, workspace and the fintech industry. Uh, and it was really exciting for us. And on one of our several you know, trips for uh, leadership meetings, either in Kenya or in Nigeria, we connected and, you know, we kind of hit it off and we, we, we started talking. And even though um, we were separated by, you know, we weren't we went together in the same country or working in the same opco, we stayed in touch uh, regularly uh, and we started to, you know, share ideas across the fintech industry, you know, following the trends that we were seeing on the, on the continent and not just on the continent, around the world. And, you know, sometimes we would say, look at what is happening in the US, in the UK, how can this translate to solve some of the problems on our continent? And and on one of, you know, uh, on, on a certain occasion, we started to look more closely to uh, the gig economy on the continent and, and, and not just on the continent, around the world and how the gig economy was rising and, and the fact that the future of work, it's actually regarded as the future of work um, we started to think of the fact that the African continent is a place where over 6 million people are pushed into the labor force every year, uh, and there are just not enough jobs for them. And according to MasterCard, uh, according to several research going on uh, that have gone on uh, across the world and on the continent, it is clear that the future of work and where work will be for the for the youth and the current generation is, is in the gig economy. So we started to look closely at this, uh, we had not totally, weren't actually clear as to what problem we we're going to solve for the gig economy. But then, you know, my co-founder uh, in Nairobi, um, he's used to taking, you know, trips with ride-hailing platforms in Nairobi. And, and on several occasions, he started to see trends where, you know, drivers would tell him, um, please, can you pay, uh, I don't want a car trip, can you ac- actually pay me cash or, you know, transfer to my M-Pesa directly? Um, because I need to buy fuel, or I need to get a spare part, or I need to fix this issue or fix that. And and I just don't, I, I need to be, I'm, I'm not liquid enough. And we started to see the trends around that. And and when we, and you know, we started to engage with gig workers, I started to take more rides out of Nigeria, just to understand gig workers, particularly in the ride-hailing sector. And, and we started to see that even though a lot of them have bank accounts, uh, financial services have not been designed with them in mind, right? Financial services uh, have been designed for more for people like you know uh, people who belong to the nine to five uh, segment of the economy, and and for these people, in many cases, they are not able to access certain financial services, particularly because you know in certain cases they are not able to show so any sort of history, financial history or credit worthiness uh, that would give make the traditional institutions serve them. So we decided to hone in on this and started to think. Why not solve the problem for the gig worker around their financial awareness? And that led us to, you know, creating the company ImaliPay. Uh, and we also decided very quickly that we wanted to focus on the three biggest gig markets in Africa. That's Nigeria, Kenya and South Africa. We kicked off in Nigeria last year uh, and quickly followed with Kenya early this year. Uh, and uh, so far it's been a very interesting stressing ride, um, Gerald. Uh, with 4.7 million gig workers, you know, excluded just in Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa, you start to see uh, that um, there's a huge, huge opportunity to solve a significant problem within that space. We also saw very quickly that, look, it's not just a ride alien uh, gig economy sector problem. It was a problem across, you know, all gig uh, sectors, uh, blue collar, white collar, um, across these sectors, it was the same issue, and um, we just thought, "Look, let's go for it," and and here we are today. Wow, that's amazing.
1: And and how long have uh, been Imali in operation?
0: Uh, in actual fact, we are a year old next next month, and <laughs> it's very interesting uh, the things we've been able to achieve in very in a very short uh, time. Um, wow.
1: That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Thank you, Jared. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking you just said like you're going to be one year old next year and you're already operating in three countries in Africa. And wow. Next month. Yes. Yeah. Next month. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on that. Really, really, really nice. Well done. Thank you.
0: Uh, just uh, a point of correction. We are uh, operational in Nigeria and Kenya. Uh, South Africa actually kicks off um, next month.
1: Okay. Wow. Super. All the best for that. Thank you, sir. So, iMaliPay has been funded pre-seed. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is not something easy to achieve. Yes, it's even less when you are in Africa. Mm. Could you share with us uh, and with our audience the, the process that led to your pre-seed funding?
0: Yes, uh, Gerald. Thank you very much. Pre, you know, fundraising in Africa never ever easy. You are spot on around that. Uh, about that, it's always a very it's always very challenging. Uh, and many entrepreneurs have uh, abandoned their goals and their ambitions because you know they were just not able to find support. Um, for us, we decided very quickly that uh, we were going to work very hard to ensure that that support comes through. Uh, but look, the first thing we thought we did right, and now and allow me to say this, is that we 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 spent time researching the problem, right, uh, and we 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 spent time. Identifying a significant need um, uh, within the fintech industry or within the financial industry on the continent, um, and and we did a lot of research around this uh, around uh, around the around the problem, and then we were we we spent the next few months thinking how would we like to approach that problem, um, and then when we were very clear as to how we wanted to approach that problem, particularly in a way that is uh, unique to our our needs on this continent. Um, we now decided that we were going to divine, uh, design our our goals and our milestones, and and then we decided that uh, uh, we were going to break the milestones down. And then within each milestone, we were going to be very clear as to what we wanted to achieve, how we were going to achieve it, and what resources we would require to achieve those goals. Uh, and you know, when we're very clear as to the first goal that we wanted to to milestone we wanted to reach, we now we decided that look. The funding we need to achieve that goal would most likely come from family and friends right and of course from ourselves um, and then of course we did some raise some family and friends here and there uh pitched in some money for us uh to get going uh after of course we did some pitching to them uh and bounced off bounced the idea off them and um and uh, of course took their feedback we got some of them to invest in us and we went after the 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 goal Uh, When we reached that milestone, as we approached the end of, uh, as we approached the last quarter of last year, we started, it started to be clear to us that we were approaching that milestone where we needed more significant funding. Um, And so we started to pitch uh, and we started to approach investors uh, across the world, telling them about what we were doing, showing them the problem we wanted to solve and um, letting them... Uh, showing them how we were innovating to solve this problem. We were also show, we also you know, did a lot to show, um, worked hard to show the, the size of the problem, the size of the market, and uh, of course, the size of our ambition. Um, and, and so we worked very hard. We knew that, look, without the first dollar in, in the bank, it's always going to be hard. Uh, and that's going to be my first advice to anybody raising money on the continent, right? Raise some money to get yourself going. Um, and then uh, be able to show some level of traction uh, without any form of traction. It will always be hard on this continent. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's harder to raise money against ideas on this continent. You have to take that idea, invest your as much as possible your money or money from family and friends. If that is the route you want to take uh, and prove your case uh, as little as possible. Uh, and that's what we did. We, 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 we went for early, early product market fit um, and and we started to sell our product. Uh, we started to target uh, our market and we were able to show some level of traction that was en- enough for us to have the conversations we had to have with investors. Uh, and ultimately uh, that led us to raising um, raising this very strong uh, pre-seed round Uh, That was led by, like you said earlier, 1013 out of Australia, um, Finca International, um, um, Messy Ventures, Optimizer Foundation, Changecom, uh, and a few angel investors out of the US, um, Europe, uh, Africa, I mean Nigeria and Kenya. Um, But I wouldn't say it was easy. It it wasn't easy. Um, (laughs) There was a lot of pitching, there were a lot of long nights. Uh, there were times when we had to go back uh, to the drawing board to say, I mean, to check what we weren't doing right or what uh, what we had to uh, redesign in our approach. And I'll tell you something. The pitch process is a learning process, right? You learn a lot. And as long as you are able to, to listen to the feedback that comes to you, not all feedback, I would tell you, is objective, right? But as long as you're able to identify the, very, the objective feedback, you take it on. Uh, you absorb it to the best of your ability and you take it into consideration as to how you redesign your product, uh, your offering, Um, ultimately you should get to that goal. Uh, So not saying it was easy, Uh, it was pretty challenging, Uh, but um, we're very lucky, very happy to raise uh, what we did. I'm very glad to have the people backing us uh, in our corner.
1: Yeah. You had a very... um discipline approach to it when i listen to you uh, saying uh, how you how you approach your your seed funding the very first thing you said is we research deeply the problem yes
0: uh,
1: and get all of our information straight like you you probably created like a sort of a data center for you for, for yourself Absolutely. for for the problem you want to solve and then you assessed your your approach and you brought it down into um into 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 milestone that is further broken down into into, I would say, um, little action that will all contribute to the bigger objective. Absolutely. You know when said when said like that, um, when people tend to look at at the bigger objective. Okay, we want to we want to we want to solve a problem in the gig economy. It looks yes. huge. It looks huge.
0: Mm. But
1: Then <coughs> with a structured approach and broken down, it is actually. <laughs> It is actually feasible that's how you eat an elephant yeah one one bite at a time
0: absolutely uh you 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 can only focus on what's right in front of you uh just like a football coach would say i'm only focused on the next game right well they say that and while that is true it's not like there's no long-term game or a a game that is running there's a long term there's a mid-term but always focus very uh focus aggressively on the short term um, and in achieving those short-term goals, you're moving closer to your ultimate ambition. Uh, and that was what we did.
1: Yeah. And here's your result. Like right? you've been you've been you've been funded pre-seed, you've been backed by several <laughs> VCs already, and uh, and um one year in you are about to open your third destination. So that's 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 an amazing job. Okay. Um you've you've talked about uh you know how hard it is for uh, entrepreneurs in Africa to raise funds. And we're not even talking about pre-seed funding, we're talking about funding in, in general. Yes. Um, given our African context, what would you say are the challenges fintech innovators such as Imali Pay have to face?
0: I, I think the first one I would point out is regulation. Uh, and while saying that, I have to say that we, deeply appreciate and respect the role of regulators on the continent. Uh, The fact that the role they play is essentially, I mean, very important to to ensure that look, we are receiving the best value for, uh, um, I mean, the best services uh, and also secured services uh, from established um, and regulated institutions. Having said that, I think the issue uh, we face with regulation is that look, fintechs are designed to be agile Fintechs are designed to use technology to solve problems in an approach that is, like I said, agile uh, and and very very um um, um what's what's the word in, in an in an agile manner. Sorry for um that in an agile manner in a, in a manner where you are proactive. Yes, that's what I'm looking for in a proactive mm-hmm. manner. And it seems like uh, regulation is always a step or two behind, right? And and yeah. sometimes it looks like um. It feels like some of the ideas or some of the problems and the approach that fintechs are taking to solve those problems are not um welcome <laughs> or are not appreciated by uh regulators. Um having said that, again, I, I know that regulators come from a position where they want to ensure that we all are secured in our in our transactions, in our um participation within the financial sector. Having said that, it always feels like uh, regulation and regulators are always two or three steps behind um, uh, fintechs and are not able to um, to provide the enabling environment for fintechs to move very quickly. And this essentially is the issue because of uh, the nature of our continent. The continent is deeply fragmented and you see that what is the case in Nigeria would not be the same in South Africa or in Kenya uh, or, or, or in Rwanda, um, uh, for instance. So as, um, as entrepreneurs within the fintech sector, um, you must find a balance uh, and you must find a way to be able to deliver your services uh, within the ambient, of course, within, um, under the uh, guidance of the law. Um, but we wish and we hope that regulators would be a bit more um, reactive, um, not, not, not reactive, proactive uh, to the needs of the fintech sector. Um, also, uh, uh, funding is a, is another major problem. We, we already mentioned this <laughs> and Always. I will say, uh, and I will say entrepreneurs on the continent just need to work hard in identifying, uh, one, but one, uh, identify the problem they want to solve, uh, designing their approach this, to this problem, sound it out, test it, uh, and then work very hard on earning their first dollar and then earning the next dollar and earning the next dollar. Um, um, being able to show some level of traction makes it uh, a more tolerable process raising money. It doesn't make it easy, but it helps. Um, you see cases of people raising funds uh, outside of the continent with just an idea on paper. Um, that hardly happens on this continent. Um, I would say dig in um, and and push push on your idea, uh, innovate um, and earn, earn 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 the trust of a few customers and then go and look for the the funding that you need but funding is always a problem on this continent
1: yeah yeah you know one one of the one of the main reason and drive beh- behind us creating entrepreneurs talk africa was mm. we realized that um, the problem that uh, startup around the world on the other side of the world faces is ab- sometimes absolutely not relevant to mm. how we face it on the continent and you've put it like uh, so right when you say uh, you know on in, in other entrepreneurial hubs people are raising money uh, just with an idea on paper and this mm. is not something that is that common on our continent you know yes. on in africa and yeah i'm super glad that you that you you brought this up and you 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 shared with with uh, with our audience
0: this this insight no I, i mean look that's just uh you not to say those opportunities are not there look if you have a great idea you would always ultimately find someone who's ready to back you up uh but just to say that look you 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 make things easier uh when you are able to you don't need um you don't need the millions or the hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to prove an idea you need to start small and you need to prove it in your little corner And then from that little corner, you start to expand it. It always makes it easier. Um, That's that's, that's our approach to the work.
1: And how do you see the development of the fintech landscape in Africa in in the near future? I know we spoke about the challenges that you currently have, you know, regulations, fundings, and the non-proactivity of the regulators also. But how do you see the future of the fintech landscape in Africa?
0: um so the fintech land uh, look it's a promising future um it's a great time to be in fintech on the continent um fintech will in africa is set to grow and 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 blossom um that look the continent we, we have a lot of problems on this continent that technology can solve uh gerald and and a lot more people are seeing this and of course it also helps that uh, increasingly, we're having a lot more unicorns popping up on the continent. Recently, cheaper cash, and you see when we see these things, when these things happening, it goes a long way in helping um, those of us coming behind, right, to show that it is possible uh, to 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 establish a unicorn on this continent. It's, it's possible to to solve problems through technology for for, the, for 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 people across this continent, and and look, the continent is. At the point where it's about to, um, it's it's about a blow in terms of fintech. Um, and I would say, look, if, if there's no better time to jump in, um, entrepreneurs are psyched with what we're seeing with the unicorns coming out. And and look, we're we're really happy to see the work that uh, you know people like Paystack, Flutterwave, and Chipper Cash have done. Um, it also has also it also has encouraged investors to to start to look more deeply. Uh, look at the conf- continent a bit differently, right? Um, so we can expect a lot more investor funds to come into the continent. Um, uh, and again, look, um, I mean, in- entrepreneurs just need to position themselves uh, to be ready to, to, to participate and benefit from those funds that will be flowing into the continent and are already flowing into the continent to support the FinTech um, work. Um, um, having said that, I think that one of the things that will really make a difference in the sector, aside from the fact that look, a lot more inter- um, investors are looking at the continent is the is collaborations between traditional financial institutions and fintechs, right? The traditional financial institutions bring with them the, their stability, uh, their resources, their spread, their strength, um, uh, and of course, co- collaborating and bringing this to the table um, to the same table where fintechs come to with their own agility will always help um the the, the sector to grow very very quickly um i wrote an op uh around this and and look it can only get better uh there's no point competing against each other uh, i think that the traditional financial institutions who are set to win are the ones who have identified that um for them to go in this generation on this in this present climate for them to win they will. It's best that you know they work on collaborations with fintechs rather than compete with fintechs. Um, there's something that they both bring to the table. So considering this, look, it's the best time. Um, it's it's. We're seeing the best times for the sector in on the continent. It's set to grow. Um, we are really excited to be part of this right now. And I I will encourage anybody who's thinking about this, who's who's been working towards uh, something, to to take the leap. Um, there's no better time to be on in fintech on the continent.
1: Now is the time to jump into the fintech bandwagon uh, on the continent. And um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you uh, on that. Uh, just to give you a little insight on, on, on how it's being done also, we are we are seeing some movement in the fintech landscape also in uh, in the Mauritius jurisdiction. Mm. Um, We have one of the, I think the first peer-to-peer lending platform uh, called Funkeys, we hosted uh, like you, we hosted the the, the co-founder and CEO of Funkeys and Mm. he expressed more or less the same concern when it came to regulation, however in the Mauritius jurisdiction there is something that is called um, the regulatory sandbox that the regulators have put forward where Mm. You have the public sector and the private sector <laughs> working together collaborating together to draft the framework into which uh fintech players and fintech innovators like like Imali pay could, could yeah. evolve yeah. So this could be this could be something where uh, the next step that the
0: african regulators could uh, could take
1: and could look into
0: yeah i mean absolutely uh, uh, look, when you look at, I'm sorry to jump in, uh, when you look at, uh, and this is something we're seeing, you know, trends of regulators picking up steam across the continent, in Nigeria, uh, you start to see uh, issues. I mean, you start to see the central bank saying they are considering their first digital, you know, currency. Uh, these are things that we couldn't, you know, imagine on the continent um, uh, a couple of years ago, right? So not to say they they are not trying, they're actually making moves in that direction. Um, but we need them to move faster right um that's the trend <laughs> that's that's what we i mean that's what you expect of fintechs and um yeah uh, we 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 expect to see a lot more from from regulators as we go into the future um but we're seeing those changes i agree with you totally yeah tell me it has been
1: really really amazing to to have this conversation with you unfortunately we're reaching almost the end uh, uh, of the of this episode um throughout the throughout the episode you have been distillating like very on point advices but it is our trademark to close the show by asking uh, our our guests like uh if you had if you really had like three pieces of advice that you would share with the african entrepreneurs out there three pieces of advice what would they be
0: Okay, great. I'll keep it short and sweet. Think deeply and research around the problem you want to solve. Have a clear view of the results and uh, and what you want to achieve. And work very hard uh, to attract the right talents into your team. Uh, It will make or break you. Uh, Those are the three things I think um, that I would advise.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much, Thami. Thank you for for being part of uh, Entrepreneurs Talk Africa. Um, it has been a pleasure to have you on board today and i i am convinced that you our audience will take a lot of value listening to, to this show
0: thank you gerald it's been my pleasure
1: so um, thank you so much and uh, see you next week for more inspirations and actions from across the continent.